The Oregon governor's being sued. We'll play Ten Commandments in the news on that one. And then the Christian rapper Bizzle responding to Joinus Lucas's Devil's Work song. We'll talk about that. Stay tuned to Table Talk Radio. A radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I, I like how he ran in the room thinking that you accidentally articulated baptism incorrectly. Like, wait a minute, you're mistaken. He said to me, he said, you sound like a heretic. Right, yeah. It wasn't like, boy, they must be playing a game where they're articulating someone else's belief. It was, I think Pastor Wolfmiller is off his rocker. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit disturbed that you think that I would actually teach that about baptism. And it's so, 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 so deserved to be crunched. I mean, mega crunch. So, uh, if you guys would put the mega, mega crunch. crunch on the song, that would be awesome. <laughs> Keep uh, preaching the word, pastors. Keep it mediocre. Mediocre and hilarious. Making, taking out the garbage a delight. This is hey, Table that's Talk right. Radio. Smell the garbage. It's kind of like, uh, so... So uh, th- this is our bedtime routine at the at the Gigline household. Yeah. Uh, so Lily puts. I'm on I'm excited her... to hear about this. Yeah. Hold yeah, on. Let me, I know. Should I take some notes? <laughs> Lily puts on her pajamas, reads two stories with mom, and then reads two stories with dad, and then goes wow. to bed. Um. So lately, Lily has been deciding to run all over the house instead of uh, the second round of story time, and so uh, mom will say. Lily, do you want to read stories with dad or go to your crib? <laughs> and given the options, she goes, dad. <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, if, if those are my only two options, like, I guess I'll go. It's like Occam's this. razor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, man. no, not Occam's razor. Pascal's wager. Right, right. That's what right, it is. Right. It's like I knew uh, what you meant too. When you said that I, I knew what you were talking about. Occam's razor and Pascal's wager. That rhymes. Yeah, it does. All right. So you have a buzzword for me? Speaking of rhyme, my buzzword for you is ascension. Remember the ascension? Uh, Where Jesus oh, yeah. is down at the right hand of the Father? Boy, oh boy. The third highest feast in the church here. It's either coming up or it has happened. One or the other, depending on I suppose when you're listening or when this is posted and so forth. So don't forget the ascension of Jesus. And I remember Pastor Graff said that every every false practice in the church is an indication that the ascension has been forgotten. It's a fantastic insight. In other words, we think that, ah, Jesus is busy. He's doing something else or whatever. So it's up to us. Now we've got to grow the church or fix the church or Whatever. That seems you know, like it so. could be turned into a game. Like, I name a false practice and you trace it back to denial of the ascension. Yeah. Okay. You want to do that? Let's play it. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, 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 ordination of women. Go. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, I mean, I suppose you could say, I mean, there's an easy way to do this, and that is that Jesus, who sits on the throne, said, don't ordain women. Oh, okay. I guess that makes it not so much fun for a game. But there, but there is a way that, um, there is a way that the ordination of women. There, so there's two paths to get to the ordination of women. There's the charismatic path and there's the liberal path. Isn't this? But but in some ways they're 
they are they they end up being the same they both become forms of enthusiasm so the charismatic path because the charismatic churches were ordaining women long before the liberal churches were doing it we probably shouldn't forget that because we normally hear ordination of women and we think higher criticism and mainline denominations and liberal view of the scripture but long before that the pentecostals were doing it and the pentecostals were doing it because because if someone claims the anointing or someone demonstrates the anointing then how can we stop them in other words the office originates from the heart it or the office originates from the direct at a call of the holy spirit um and then you have on the liberal side so is this a similar sort of enthusiastic idea in other words we can't bind ourselves to the holy scriptures so as culture is changing then the work of the holy spirit we're we're discerning the work of the holy spirit apart from the scriptures so both of the so both the charismatic and the liberal ordination of women come from a disconnect between the holy spirit and the scriptures and so we would say we would what we would want to say is that when Jesus in for example John 16 and John 17 says I send as the father sent me so I am sending you and I am sending the Holy Spirit that Jesus sends the Apostles and the Holy Spirit concurrently so that we understand that this that that the Holy Scriptures the Holy Spirit bound to the apostolic word are wrapped up together according to the will of Jesus so from that throne where he sits are, are the word and the spirit are sent out together so that I think that's how we would want to get to that does that make sense oh yeah yeah good uh, all right my theological buzzword for you comes from the Greek language makarios ma car e -os. okay uh, that is the Greek word oftentimes translated blessed sometimes people translate it happy uh, that, so, for example, in the Beatitudes, uh, blessed are the persecuted, makarios. Uh, now, I think as we as we understand the word, the idea of blessed in the um, scriptures from a Christological perspective, we would understand that these blessings come not just as like I think I think this is the the ruling understanding of blessing that that God's up in heaven and every once in a while he just kind of throws down a blessing like here's a rain shower boom there's one boom and just you know kind of kind of like uh uh kind of like grandpa who comes over with gifts for the children is kind of a thing how it is but i think the right way we would uh see the idea of blessing is that it comes by way of the cross uh i you remember that guy who we used to talk to uh bill swirla yeah you remember him I do. He's still around, right? Yeah. We, He's had a big fight about the Eucharistic fast thing. Apparently, oh. I'm I'm supposed to be in a See, fight about that. Since too. I'm not on social media, I don't really know uh, these things that go on. Yeah. I mean, I've been I've been taking social distancing seriously. Yeah. So I didn't even know <laughs> by social media, social media distancing. That's a thing, I guess. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I remember he said uh, a thing one time that I, I Hey, I, you know, you make a point here. I'm going to just point this out is that how so everyone's social distancing, which means they're using social media and to which you should then say, I always told you that social media is a way of actually distancing yourself from people <laughs> rather than drawing close to them. I've never cared about that. Okay. Anyway, um, 
the, the Swirla said that uh, a blessing always comes uh, by a cross. So when you m- give a blessing, you usually make the sign of the cross. And so we think about um, in various vocations, you know, that we have the blessing of children. But that, that comes also with a cross, that, that, that there's a burden that is carried when blessings come. And, of course, the greatest blessing of all is the cross of Christ, uh, so that he carries the burden of our sin and the wrath of God for them, and we receive the blessing therein. So I think that when we see blessed, we should just import all of that by way of the cross that we receive blessings because of what Christ has done for us. Yeah, that's nice. I th- did I figure this out that that's the first word of the Psalms? Isn't this how the st- Psalms start in um, blessed is the man who yeah, walks not? That's right. So. Yeah, but it's not Makarios there. Uh, well, it, it, okay. <laughs> I guess if you're reading the Septuagint, it could be. <laughs> That's what I was wondering about. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You you would have to find someone who does show prep to ask that question. Mm. I got the Logos here. Remember the Logos? Here, it's cracking open. I'm going to look at it. I disabled the sound on my Logos, but that's just me. For cheating at Bible Bee? (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) All right, where is this? I'm going to (laughs) guess. Esther. (laughs) (laughs) Esther. All right, so you got it there? Uh, I I don't know how to. How do you find actually the well tell you what, let me let me tell the listener what we're gonna be doing today while you while you fiddle around with that. We're gonna be doing some I, this is like Septuagint alternate text. I open like the Apocrypha. <laughs> I just but, give me the normal Septuagint. No wonder. I'm like Tobit. I don't want to know if Tobit starts with Okay. I'm getting the, the, what the, are problem we doing is, today? the problem is that people use the digital Bibles Psalms. to fulfill their lack of grammatical knowledge and yet they also have to have some technological ability. So if you don't know how to open a software program and don't know the languages, you really this is, don't This have happened a the other day is for whatever reason like the the settings on the Logos on on my Hebrew Bible were like on table of content mode. So I have to know the name of the book in Hebrew to find it. I'm like I can't. <laughs> I don't even know what these things are called. <laughs> They're all different. And I had to, so it took me it took me forever to find the okay I found it by the way okay Septuagint Psalm one one Macarios there on is. air there it is there it is good well Dang. today we are doing some I don't ten get points commandments for that? in the why would you get po- oh you did use it okay I, I I'll give on that five hundred points to you for using the buzzword without me and me recognizing it I'm just not used to even tuning in to listen to the buzzword until the last ten <laughs> seconds of the show right. Uh, Taking up to the news, uh, we're going to be looking at a article about a group suing the state of Oregon and the governor specifically, and then we're going to be doing um, what was it that with the twist? What was it? Uh, preaching to Hollywood with a twist. Oh, yeah. Sean Pastor Kilgo has sent us this interesting a rap song called "Devil's Work" by Joyner Lucas. The guy with two first names, Pastor Gilgo Kilgo. Better, better be careful with all this, uh, all these emails he's been sending in, he might find himself in the position of Lumpy. Taking that right. I know, that is true. And then there's a Christian response oh. to this particular... So, it's a, you see, secular rap blaming the devil for trouble, and then a Christian responding to it. This should be interesting, actually. Yeah, mediocrity at its finest. So, 
He'll uh, want to stay tuned for that. All right, so we will be right back. You can send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. Give us a call, 1-800-385-SOLA. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Earplugs not included. You're on Table Talk Radio. Hello, I'm Hans Feeney, creator of Lutheran Satire. I'm encouraging you to listen to Cross-Eyed Christian, this theologically deep but tonally lighthearted podcast hosted by Pastor Gavin Mize. You should listen because Gavin is funny, a sharp thinker, and a faithful theologian, despite sounding like Joe Dirt with a mouthful of Novocaine. Enjoy the show, folks. Pacific Justice Institute takes stand for Oregon Church's sues Governor Brown. How about that? That sounds interesting. This is gonna. Th- this is going to. Uh, you know, I have to say, when when the whole shutdown thing first came out, I was one who said this is not an example of uh, separation between church and state being infringed upon. Because the the governor or the state does have an interest in public safety, so um, when the when the uh, state or maybe even county has a building code uh, that you have to abide by, that you have to have like an exit door, for example, we can't say the state has no business telling us the church what to do because it's it's in the interest of you know public safety to have a fire exit door or whatever, right? And so uh, I admit that when a lot of this came down. I was one saying, "Look, this is uh, this is this is being done not for persecution of the Christian Church, although depending on where you are, that might <laughs> that might depend. Um, th- this was for public safety, but it turns out, turns out that there are at least in the state of Oregon, the great state of Oregon, that there are laws in place in the event something like this were to happen. How about that, huh?" That's great. All right, I'll read you this. Uh, it's not really an article. It's more of a press release. Um, it says, Pacific Justice Institute sued Oregon Governor Kate Brown this week on behalf of churches and churchgoers statewide, seeking to invalidate three of the corona-related exe- executive orders on constitutional procedural grounds. Uh, PJI, as we will call it, filed the lawsuit in Baker County on the Idaho border, PJI, along with Common Sense Oregon. Oh, there's a good organization for Common Sense Oregon. Common Sense Oregon. That's right. <laughs> also filed a motion for a temporary restraining order in hopes of quickly lifting restrictions that stifle the free exercise of religious of religion throughout Oregon. At issue is Governor Brown's failure to follow procedures prescribed in the state constitution to handle emergencies such as the coronavirus pandemic. The governor can only exercise broad emergency powers for 30 days after declaring a public health emergency. If additional time is needed to adequately respond to emergency, the governor must obtain a three-fifths vote from each house of the state legislature, which Governor Brown never did. Wow. 
So in Oregon, the uh, Oops, the, the, you governor, have the governor's. Uh, I didn't know I had to. A what? No one told what? me that. Did I get a manual? Where'd for you this read job? that? What kind of law? Someone ought to give me a a copy of these, these <laughs> all these rules. You know how you know how when you get something new, you have to put it together. It's like the quick start guide of how to. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the quick start guide to being governor? That's right. I just clicked the accept the terms. I didn't <laughs> actually. Right. Nobody reads those things. <laughs> Do you accept the terms of the state government? Yeah, of course. You mean I have to actually don't read. share my info. <laughs> so now this is the point that you're always making. I'm, I'm kind of stealing your thunder here, but you always talk about this emergency thing. So that when we say emergency, that means any other order that is in place is now suspended. Because right. of the emergency. Now, if there, yeah. if you ever needed a grand example of that, I think what we've been living the last two months is a perfect one. Yes. <laughs> because uh, we would normally not be okay with a government saying that we can't leave the house. Like, we'd right. say, what is this? Some communist dictatorship? Right. But, but in Tyranny. the state of emergency, we'd say, okay, oh, okay. Oh, yes, yeah. Yeah, that's that's right. fine. Yeah. You better, you got to use this emergency thing carefully. You know, it's the, it's the government that cried wolf. So mm -hmm. first time someone tries, cries Corona, you're like, okay. But now the rule is, I think this comes from the Cicero. Remember Cicero who said necessity knows no law. I think that's where that comes from. And it's probably right. It's quote, Luther quotes it a couple of times in the large catechism. Necessity knows no law. So under an emergency, it's almost a definition of emergency is that you abandon order. So normally what's the best example is normally... Like everything's done orderly is you're sitting in your house and I'm sitting here and we're doing the table talk. That's our office. Table talkers. <laughs> That's our vocation right now. Oh, but Lord if mercy. someone crashes into the house, you know, say an air, say a helicopter crashes into my house over there. Now suddenly the, the vocation is suspended and I'm a first responder and also a doctor. You see? Mm -hmm. So I mean now I'm not normally that, but in an emergency that's the case. So, so there it goes. So, so the by by definition, emergency is a suspension of order and uh, and a dropping of vocation and things like this. So, we talk about emergency baptism. Normally, the pastor's doing the baptism, but if there's an emergency, then everybody's a baptizer because we. So, but what's interesting so, about this though is that there are certain so-called emergencies that are either common enough or can be anticipated that. Um, uh, Cicero was maybe uh, not articulating here because in certain in certain circumstances necessity does know uh, rules. So, for example, we we ordinarily say that all vehicles must uh, travel the speed limit and obey all traffic laws. Right. But in the instance of an emergency vehicle needing to get to the get to the scene, we understand, okay, it makes sense for the police car or the ambulance to drive faster than the speed limit and maybe run a red light or a stop sign or two. But there are laws in the books to say that you have to, you know, be an authorized, I don't know, authorized What's vehicle with warning lights displayed, all of that, so that we've we've prescribed in the, when this emergency arises, this is the manner in which it must be followed. Can you imagine being so? We've decided that some people are there specifically for emergencies. I mean, EMS, emergency mm -hmm, medical, mm -hmm. and emergency rooms. So we've had. They're like, there's going to be some things that just. You, so you you have policies already in emergency rooms, but there is a way. Like, let's say, 
you know, like um, uh, I was someone just gave me this this book, this psychologist that was looking into the shooter from Aurora, the theater shooter. I gotta, I think, listen to this book. It'll be wild. But like when that happened, when the theater shooting happened, police were bringing the wounded to the hospital in the back of their police cars. Mm-hmm. Now that's against all kinds of policy, mm-hmm. but the emergency spilled over. And so you're just doing what you got to do. Or if you if you find someone, you know, if if you find a woman about to have a baby, you can speed to the hospital. Mm. I don't know if I mean that I'm not sure to if it's once. <laughs> really. Yeah, yeah. I, it was when I was in uh, high school in Yuma, Colorado. There was a uh, there was a crash at an intersection, and a lady got out and she was pregnant. And I was just like three blocks away from the hospital, so she got in my car and took her to the hospital. Wow. Now, so if the police would have stopped you, say you were speeding and breaking the laws and driving those to get this lady to the hospital, the police stop you and um, and you say this lady's about to have a baby. Then they jump back in their car and they say, follow me. And they they lead the way mm-hmm. with the sirens. You know, mm-hmm. they don't arrest you. They don't throw you in jail for, break. you know, they help you in the case of an emergency. This is how it goes. So. so and, and all, I mean, for good reason, because when an emergency is in place, you got to. You know, you 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 you're suspending the the normal order so that you can s- simply save life. That's the idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so, but but uh, so what we're talking about is there are emergencies that are not anticipated, and then there are emergencies that are anticipated. And it just so happens there being a, a public health emergency was one that the state of Oregon, at least, anticipated to happen, and so they said in such an instance. We are giving the authority to the governor to declare a state of emergency and to impose certain restrictions for 30 days. And if uh, more time is needed to respond to the emergency, then the governor must go to the state legislator and get three-fifths vote to continue such measures. That's fascinating. But what I think is interesting is that in the midst of all of this, now I, I admit as a as a resident of Oregon for the last 10 years or so, I did not know that. What and, about it? What is that called? An Oregonian? Oregonian. Yeah, that's right. I've been an Oregonian, Oregonian for 10 years okay. and did not know that. But I would I would hope that the governor upon taking office or maybe a staffer somewhere, somewhere around there, you know, someone in Salem who maybe knows these things could say, Psst, by the way, we're on day 29. <laughs> But the, the point that I'm making is that in the midst of all of this panic and emergency and suspending of the rules, I mean, once you start suspending rules, you suspend all the rules. Like there's no kind of in moderation, you know, kind of a kind of a thing. That's right. And, and the problem is that the emergency situations, th- this is perhaps the point that we, we Christians should have a heads up on this, but everybody should who's alive and a human being is to know that emergency situations are very, very dangerous. I mean, in an emergency, the person who's leading is a tyrant. That's just how, that's how, it, how it goes. And so you've got to be very careful. Because if you get a, someone who wants to be a tyrant, then the emergency becomes, for them, a great opportunity. Never let a good crisis go to waste kind of thing. And so you see people trying to, I don't know, trying to capture power or whatever, legislative advantage, things like this, through emergencies. And and so it's... The, 
the whoever made the, whoever made this law knew that, and they said, "Look, there, it's one thing to have a, a a public health crisis; it's another thing to have the crisis of tyranny." And so we have to make sure that crises that crises that whoever's leading in a crisis does not become a tyrant. Mm-hmm. All right, it's, fanta- it's fantastic. It's really interesting. All right, so after this break, we're going to nail down some Ten Commandments on this. And then we're going to do... Uh, why do I keep forgetting what we're doing? Sean Kilgo's Preaching to Hollywood mega game. Preaching to Hollywood. All right. So that's on the agenda after this break. And then we'll be back. And uh, I wonder what Ten Commandments you're going to find for this. We'll be right back. Yeah, me too. I also wonder... times when you just want to be alone. This is Table Talk Radio. Get the Around the Word devotions delivered to you in a free daily email. You can f- sign up for that at whatdoesthismean.org. Click the devotions button. You know, I have one more thought about all this whole thing, um, yeah? shutting, shutting the world down on the coronavirus thing, is in the midst of emergency, I think it really shows one's values, right? I mean, I, if you have, you know, call it morality if you want, but just the things that are truly important to you are going to reveal themselves when you're in the midst of crisis, in the midst of emergency. Yeah. Um, so, like, for example... Uh, whether whether uh, churches meet or not, I uh, shout out to uh, my buddy down in uh, Chico, California, Don Jordan. Um, he he was he's been having individual uh, like communion services for the, for the members to come midweek, and the uh, local news crew came into the story about it, and he sent me like the comments on the section of the news story, and they were like, "This pastor's being reckless. He's gonna gonna kill people for giving communion and all I mean all this kind of thing." And, uh, you know, I, I think, boy, for the for the people who are going who say, you know, I, I would want that I could worship and receive the Lord's gifts as normal, but I can't. So thanks be to God that there is a, a, a pastor here who's willing to meet with me and many others individually to give me communion. Uh, they, they see that as, as a good and noble thing. But for, for those outside looking in, saying, oh, what, what what a great danger i mean so so the the danger doesn't outweigh the uh the necessity right mm-hmm. i mean so that 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 same person is willing to take a calculated risk to drive to the grocery store or to the home depot and wait in line to get in and get wait in line to get out like that is a calculated risk in order to get my crescent wrench but in order and or to go get my you know marijuana or whatever it is my my booze, but it is not a worthy calculated risk to go to church to receive the Lord's body and blood. Now that shouldn't right. surprise us from those posting comments on a local news station's page. That doesn't surprise us at all. Right. But it's just it's just revealing of what do I actually regard as important during this time That's of right. emergency. That's right. It's nice to be in Texas where the governor said from the get go churches are essential, and mm. uh, and everyone else is like. What are you crazy? I roll now. We got to be careful that, I mean, we want to do everything possible so that there's no outbreak that starts at a church because that's just a real pain, mm-hmm. you know. But you yeah. just want to be. 
it's not it's a pain for in a number of ways i mean it's painful to see people get sick and suffer and it's also a pain because then everyone shows how they they take advantage of that to slander yeah like these guys are i mean there's been there's been two extremes i think on that i mean there there have been um so like our church the, the our state uh did the stay at home order except for essential services and the governor did not prescribe that which is essential and that which isn't. I mean, she did name certain industries that just can't continue, like uh, beauty salons. It just requires close proximity to do what you do. But didn't didn't actually make the list, like California did, that these things can't meet. So our approach as a congregation has been, well, what we do is certainly essential. And as long as we can do what we do here while maintaining six-foot distancing— then I think that we're fitting within the governor's order. Um, now, the size of our congregation, the size of the number of people who are willing to come out, and given the space that we have, I mean, every person had their own pew. <laughs> I mean, it was, I mean, I don't, I, we, we were able to do this without without violating the social distancing thing. Um, but so you had you had churches who were actually taking precautions and trying to work within safety standards, but then you also had churches who just kind of said. Uh, this this virus doesn't affect us, and we're just going to have our church of 3,000 people anyway and have a total disregard. Um, so I guess what I'm saying is that I, I, can, I can see where there would be a place for churches to meet given certain, certain precautions, but then there's also just almost a disregard for, for like, we, we're a church, you can't tell us what to do, we're going to do whatever we want anyway. Yep. No, that's right. So this, there's um, I mean, it's a balance, right? I mean, and part of the problem is I got a sneeze. So hold on. Uh, Macarius. Ah, thank you. Uh, uh, <laughs> what was my buzzword? Ascension. Oh, okay. Just checking. <laughs> uh, the um. Uh, it's it's this balancing business, and, and because people, so one of the problems is we just don't know about this corona business. It's and it's continuing to kind of confound people as of current recording. Like it's starting to do some weird things. Like it's starting to act like it's a, the blood clots and the like. Here in Austin, the most people that have it are people like age forty, which is strange. Also, it's kind of defying all the expectations, and so we just don't know about this thing. We just don't have enough information. It's new, and but everyone's got an opinion about it, and these like really strong opinions. Like it's all, it's like the, uh, you know, it's a fraud from from the government, or it's the, mm -hmm. it's a tyrannical sort of thing, or Conspiracy. it's the most deadly thing we've ever had, or you, you know, some people are saying it's just like the flu. We should, and and, and then you, now the masks become the next debate, and people say that you got to wear the mask, and other people say you can't wear the mask. It makes it worse. And I mean, just but the point is, nobody knows. Mm -hmm. I mean. More information is coming in, and we're trying to process it and connect the dots. And well, seems, I, you know, you know but. yeah, there's there's a lot there too because, um, you know, I think ever since Trump took office, or even before he took office, um, I, th I think a lot of people were cautious of the information they're getting from mass media. But once Trump started the kind of rhetoric of fake news, fake news, I think a lot of people. Uh, questioned the legitimacy of a lot of the information they're receiving from from news outlets, and then you have um, something like this happen, and there's automatically kind of a 
a boy who cried wolf situation where, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The media is probably just trying to, to blow this up to look, make the president look bad or whatever. You know, people had that, people had that perspective. Um, and so, so, so now you have, um, the nightly news covering the same story and nothing other than this one story for a month straight. Mm -hmm. And at some Mm -hmm. point you're having to just get something to say and never mind. It's completely contradictory from what you reported earlier. Like, is it uh, six feet distancing or now I I heard, Oh, it can go up to 12 feet or 12 feet could be uh, in danger. Should we wear masks or should we not wear masks? And so it doesn't even matter that the information is actually serving the public and the, and the, the health concerns. It's just that we have to say something because we're going to cover this story because this mm-hmm. crisis uh, drives up ratings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I know it's great. It is. I mean, so, so you have all this distrust piled on to confusion. So it would be confusing. I mean, we all, even if we had like news and media that we did trust or government that we trusted or whatever, because that's also a funny thing that's happening. So this this fight between the government and the media, I mean, between President Trump and the media, yeah, it, it means you got to trust one kind of one or the other. You know, you're either fake news or or you're Trump lies. It's it's like you got to be on one side or the other. So that's already tricky enough. They're probably both true, I suppose. And then, but then you you already then you don't know. I mean, we just don't know the current situation. But then the thing that just is astonishing me is how hard it is for people to say, "We look, we don't know." Like, I don't know if masks help or not. I don't know if six feet's enough. I don't know if you're mm-hmm. asymptomatic after two weeks. I mean, I I don't know. But probably nobody knows these things. But how hard it's so hard for us to say we don't know. So then everybody has an opinion. So then, so then you just kind of the people who are in charge have to lean into their opinion. Mm. So it's it's uh, it's really stark here because Austin, the mayor of Austin, is as you would expect, very Austin. (laughs) (laughs) It's very progressive. But on the other hand, the governor of Texas is very Texan. So so they're they're saying two different things constantly. Like the governor says you can't the stay at home orders can't be uh, can't stay in place. We're not stay at home order anymore. And then right after that happens, the mayor comes out and says, I'm issuing a stay at home order. It's required for people in Austin to stay at home. You're like, wait a minute. The governor just said you can't do it. He goes and does it anyways. And then the Christian says, well, to which authority am I beholden? Mm. Because they both are apparently an authority over me. I'm going to do that. And then and so then and so those who have a who are minded to see this, the growing secularism of the world are going to say, look, the church, the the anti-Christian forces are going to take advantage of this to hurt the church. And probably that's right. You know, if you're everybody's going to take advantage of this to try to, unfortunately, to try to further their own agenda. I suppose in a, in a way, even we are, are because, because the Christian is continuing to preach. And they are saying, you see how we can't know what tomorrow is going to happen? The coronavirus is showing us that we can't know tomorrow. And in some ways, we're taking advantage of this to demonstrate the truth of our own message and the necessity of trust in God. So everyone's going to kind of do that, read the thing with their own agenda. And uh, so that's what we expect when it comes to it. Hmm. All right. So now, you... we got to do Ten Commandments in this. I'm going to say the First Commandment and the Fourth Commandment, but even in some ways the fact of the commandments. So remember, I was listening to Al Mohler this morning. He was talking about the rule of law, how 
we do not have tyrants. We do not have the rule of princes or people. We have the rule of law. And so as soon as God writes down his law and says that everyone is beholden to this, we have the invention of the rule of law. And so we have that here. Also, that those who rule know that they are also ruled, that God is above all. That's the first commandment. And that in the, second, in the fourth commandment, in the second table, the Lord puts a, this severe limitation on earthly government, even just in the fact that the fourth commandment comes after the first, second, and third. So first God puts his rule in place, and then earthly rule comes under and after that. So the, the earthly rulers have no authority to, to stop the kingdom of God. Ah, very good. So uh, we, be, we, uh, we obey God rather than men. What is that music? Um, it's just this thing. It tries to... I can't believe it. Are we now... Is this the fourth segment? This means that the listener gets some reprieve here in just a little How bit. How are we going to do Kilgo's thing? We're going to do in, it in 12 minutes. Right. right after this break, you're listening to Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio. Where the voice crying in the wilderness is the listener. I'm taking some old Luther stuff, pulling it out of the collections and publishing it. You can download it for free or buy them for five bucks. Find it, the Everyone's Luther, at wolfmuller.co. Click on the books at the top of the page. All right, given that we got to get after it, set this up for us, Pastor. All right, so, so uh, Sean Kilgo, Patrick Kilgo, send us this thing. Devil's Work, a hymn by Joyner Lucas. He said, don't play it, it's obscene. But he, um, but he made this, uh, it's an argument against God because of all the bad things that are happening. And then uh, another guy, Christian rapper called Bizzle, which is kind of a cool name, made a response to it. So here's some of the lyrics for Devil's Work by Joyner Lucas. That this is a, and then we got to see the response. I'm staring at this Bible as I keep glancing. Dear Lord, I got questions and I need answers. Trying to understand your vision. All I see is damage. Just a bunch of dead bodies in the street camping. A bunch of lost souls on their feet standing. We supposed to be your children. I thought we family. You're supposed to be my father. Bruh, I need answers. We don't need to die young. We just need chances. Tired of living on the edge, so we keep scrambling. Try and talk to these strippers, but they keep dancing. We just want to be uh, number one like Steve Francis. Who's that? Mm. Bow our he- That's my uh, question. Bow our heads, say a prayer. Now the sea's planted. Everywhere I turn, I see MCs vanish. A lot of good fellas. That's not the original. A lot of good fellas gone. I don't understand it. A lot of families lost, and they see and they see stranded. I ain't trying to disrespect you. I just need answers. I know you're watching us from heaven, thinking who to save, cherry picking, who should go next, and who should stay. I'd be on my way to heaven if I knew the way, and bring back every good fella you choose to take. They say you're never wrong, but you done made a few mistakes because you'd keep taking the wrong fellas. Maybe you should trade trade us back the real ones. Remove the fakes. I think you should give us Tupac back and take that fella Suge. I don't know who Suge is. Poor guy. Let the legend resurrect and he's going to live for good. Been scram- screaming thug life in every different hood. If you could only bring him back, Lord, I wish you would. Give us Biggie, give us Pun, give us Triple X. Take that fella Trump with you. That's the bigger threat. Oh, boy. 
There's too much power for a coward with no intellect. This kind of goes on. Let's see. He's talking about all the people that died. By the way, and all the people that haven't, and talking about the injustice of the whole thing. Steve Francis was a basketball player for the Houston Rockets. Hmm. Everybody and their mama trying to be a thug. I don't go to, I'm skipping down two thirds or something. I don't even go to church because I'm afraid of being judged. Been staring at the ceiling as I lie in bed, watching fellas follow trends like Simon says. I don't know what that is. I pray you give us back the real ones and try again, or maybe take them fellas that deserve to die instead. Laura Ingram's is she wants to, that's who we should take. Uh, Father, forgive me. I know not what to do, and now I'm reaching out to you, hoping you hear me and return the message. I know that you got our back, and they say you're not against us, or maybe you just love us, so you don't uh, doing stuff to test us. <laughs> just kind of thought that you would give, you would do more to protect us, like they say the good die young, and I ain't on the guest list. I've been drinking, Lord forgive me, it's my blood racing, I don't know what I'm thinking, I'm just frustrated, I don't mean to question you, I'm just confused, I don't know what else to do, I've been patient and it sucks waiting, took my mans from me, that forever hurts, putting the blame on you, that never work, I know this ain't your fault, it's the devil's work, devil's work. Whoa. Interesting, okay, so basically as you said, that he lists out all these people who should not have had to die, and then there are all these people who are living who in the rapper's opinion is doing... Uh, an aggregate harm to people so that why doesn't the Lord take those people? And at the very end, it resolves in, this isn't God's fault. It's really the devil doing his work. That's right. So that's the basic idea. All right, I think now, though, what we want to get at, though, is the, the Christian's response. Yes. Do so, you want to play some of that? You got it there? Yeah, I could, I'll just, let me just pick it in the middle because we don't have a lot of time here. Yeah, sure. Made you the same way after that, but you was in your daddy sack and his dad daddy sack. Ugh. I am the one that put breath in your lungs and created the same mind that you questioned me from. You were lost, I'm the way, I'm the pot of you the clay, and now the clay got something to say. There okay. it is. <laughs> wow. All right, why don't you just wrap it out, kind of like that? Uh, yeah, I could do uh... Because while you're over here saying what I should do, somebody somebody lost somebody last week and came to me the same way, saying I should have took you. And asked, and you asked why the good die young. The truth is none of y'all are good. No, not one. The only one ever been good's my son. Hmm. So to answer your question, the good died once, Jesus. What if I took you to choose when your mom died? You think you could choose when your mom dies? If you put it off 20 years, 20 years later when that day came, would you not cry? You couldn't be God. You are, not I. My ways are not yours. Your thoughts are not mine. You can't even deal with the pressure of your own life. When, you, when you're not high, try looking into God, into God's mind. See, I love them more than you ever did. Wow, it's interesting. So he says, he says a couple of things. Number one, it's kind of amazing. You're, the, the mind you're using to question God is the mind that God gave you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So it's an argument from creation. And then the argument against evil, which is to say, you know, why do the good die young? And he says, that no one is good, only Jesus, and he died for you. And I think that's where, I mean, probably for Bizzle, I don't know if Bizzle gets there all the way, but that's where this whole thing has to, has to end, you know, for us at least, is at the, at the death of Jesus. I mean, you can't, you can't go any further, and you can't not get there. If you don't have the sacrifice, this is the point. If you don't have the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, you don't have the love of God. You only have God's anger or worse, his indifference. 
You know, one thing this brings out is, um, you know, so we're talking about the question of theodicy. Why do bad things happen to good people? And of course, I mean, one one thing, a starting point in this is to first analyze the evaluation that there are some good people whom do not deserve the wrath of God. So, so the the starting point is is that there's this great injustice that some people are suffering and other people aren't, and it's the people who are suffering that don't deserve it. Instead, as I think you, uh, the rapper's response brought Bizzle. out, yeah, Bizzle, thank you, <laughs> Mister Bizzle, <laughs> that uh, th- that that we're all sinners before God, and we none of us can claim to not deserve his wrath. I mean, so in our in our confession of, of sin at the beginning of the service, we say, I deserve nothing but temporal and eternal punishment. You remember, remember when the Tower of Siloam fell and they asked Jesus, was it that these were worse sinners? And he says, no, but you should repent lest you would likewise perish. So he, he doesn't say, well, it's just things happen. Um, uh, he, but he he also doesn't grade on a curve to say yeah these were the bad guys, so the the tower didn't fall on you because you're the good ones. He said, look, we're all deserving. Well, Jesus maybe excluded, not maybe Jesus excluded. We're all deserving of God's wrath. Mm-hmm. That's uh, right. so. That's the starting point to the theodicy, theodicy question, and then it should get to as you mentioned the cross because there we find the one who is good suffering on our behalf. That's right. Stunningly. Stunningly. The one good suffering for us. It's amazing. So 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 here we we, we assume that that God is punishing us who don't deserve it when in fact he's punishing himself who doesn't deserve it in place of us who do. Yeah. <laughs> it says it here. He said, uh, see, I love them more than you ever did, more than you ever could. Death doesn't lessen it. Let my own son meet death as the evidence. And I love them all. Rap star to the president. The real question is, what are you living like? If I punish every sin, would you live tonight? So how you get mad when I give the other folks the same chances I give you to get it right? You got a son, and then this. You got a son who one day be a man. You expect him to trust you when he don't understand, or even know what you're up to, because he knows that you love him, right? So trust that I love you too. Hmm. That's something. Now, I I think there's there's a lot that's good in that. So, um, you know that that what what guides us in our in our trust of the Lord to say I don't understand this, but Thy will be done, uh, is still that cross. So, so that, um, well, I don't understand my own suffering. I, I can't say I know why or, or anything of it, really. Um, yet, one thing I do know is that God loves me because he sent his son to die for me. So, th- so this, this guides us, uh, for all Christians, to say, um, I don't know why I'm going through this, but the one thing I can know is that God is on my side and that God is not pouring out his wrath for my sin upon me because he has done that upon his son Jesus in my place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have one minute left, Pastor. What, what are your final thoughts on this? Uh, this is interesting to see these things. I mean, you, I mean, just to 
sit back and say, where would you find the cultural question about the Odyssey happening? This is probably not what you expect. But, <laughs> right. But here it is. You just can't escape theology. So it'll, if, if people are really honestly questioning and thinking about this life, it's going to come out one way or another. And God be praised for that. And it, I mean, and for the opportunity to speak of the of the death of Jesus in, in the most unexpected of places. I would hope that this response from Bizzle made it back to Lucas, and I would love to know what Lucas's thoughts or response was. To, to that. Yeah. Wouldn't that be interesting? Pastor Kilgo? Yeah. Get on it. You you're on it. <laughs> Our new Lumpy. <laughs> get, get, lumpy Kilgo. It goes response. together, actually. Yeah, that's right. All right, that's it for us. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Now the show is over. You are Makairos. <laughs> See? He's ascended. Uh, Blessed. You got it? Yeah, I got it. No. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep gain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the Calvinists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.